Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Matt Logman in studio this morning with Maurice Prater. Yes. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, good. And Maurice is the Advancement Director for the Missionaries of the Holy Family. And we're going to discuss how he got involved and what they do. And first off, we'd start with a prayer, if you'd okay. be willing to do that. Yes, I'm willing to do that. I want to start off with my favorite prayer, which is the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother God, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That is one of my favorite prayers yeah. as well. Yes. I love the rosary. And uh, Our Lady was uh, very inspirational in my conversion and coming back to the church, and so I'm very devoted to her. Instrumental. Instrumental. Yes, yes. yes. She's batting a thousand for me. <laughs> Okay. Every time I Sheriff ask. batting average is pretty good, right? Oh, amazing. If she played baseball, she'd yeah. make Albert look bad. You That's know. right. She, she's yeah. that good, folks. Yes. Trust the mother. That's right. That's right. She'll lead you where you need to be. To her son. Exactly. That, oh, Jesus that's Christ. Great. Awesome stuff there. So, Maurice, what got you involved? Let's start back uh, in your earlier days because you always weren't the saint you are now. Oh, right. Well, right. well, I'm not a saint. <laughs> and hopefully someday I will be. But anyway, what, I, was, I was away from my faith. Um, you know, actually, I was, I was raised Catholic, but um, I never really, looking back on it, I would. I never really was Catholic because I was just going through the motions. I did it because mom told me, right? And it went to a Catholic school, um, um, junior high, high school, college, totally uncatechized. There, I mean, the, the catechism was very poor. I'm sorry to say it was. And so when I went to college, right, a Catholic college, well, I stopped going to Mass because, you know, I didn't have to anymore, right? Mom wasn't telling me to go. And then my friends weren't going. We were more interested in partying, right? And and I completely fell away. So Catholic college, did they have any type of catechesis going on, or was it just uh, the four, you know, reading, writing? You know? Yeah, well, you know, they did They did offer the, uh, the first two years, they encouraged you to take humanities, okay? And within that humanities package, you did have to take six hours of theology or some, uh, some type of religion, okay? Mm -hmm. So... I just took, you know, my minimum six, and that was it for me, see? And that's really all we had to do. Now, of course, they had mass, you know, um, 
uh, during the day and, and uh, on the weekends, but but no one made you go, right? And my friends weren't going, so we didn't go. So when they had mass, or was there any time at all where they explained to the students what was actually happening at mass and the purpose for what they were doing when they were up there, the priest? No. I think no, that, that's, a, that's a huge... That's huge because you don't, you don't know, um, or if you do, you had forgotten, that that's the, uh, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Is the, it, it's perpetual. It's that, it's, we're on Calvary. We're right there again experiencing that. We're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And when you come to the realization that that's what's going on, well, then you start to take it a little more seriously, Right. Otherwise, he's just going through the motions, right? It's unfortunate. I don't know what it is. The, the uh, Pew Research Poll, whatever, is like, what is it? Seventy-five percent believe the um, the Holy Eucharist is symbolic, right? And so, no wonder they're not going to mass. If they knew they were receiving Jesus Christ into their souls, they'd be going to mass. They'd be going to mass every day. I go to mass every day now. I mean, that's the greatest gift. And the best thing I can do for myself and, and for everyone else, because it's supposed to be transforming me, you know, because I'm not a saint, I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be working to, you know, towards holiness and doing my best. And, and somehow I, I need to project that and be an example to others, you know, sinner that I am, failure that I am, but, but um, you're supposed to keep, keep trying, right? And um, it's, it's in that struggle where uh, you grow. Yeah, I think a lot of people that uh, where they put all their suits in the closet, yeah. you open up their closet door and there's like bushel baskets. Right, yeah, right. Because they're afraid to show the light when they go yeah. out into the world. Yeah, and yes. th- that is the one of the biggest problems, I believe. Yes, I mean, I mean, if you if you you know have the faith, if if you really believe, you should try in your own way, very simple to try to evangelize. Okay, and it can be very simple, like. Like I uh, have a visor uh, that I wear a lot of times when I'm out just grocery shopping that says Team Jesus. That's it, right? I have this. I have this big lapel pin of the miraculous mental. I have them, you know, on my on my suit that I wear every day. And and sometimes people look at that and they say, "Who is that?" See, and I'm kind of surprised in a way when people say, "Who is that?" Because if even if you're, even if you're an atheist, I mean, if, if you live in this culture, I mean, sooner or later you come across an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, right? Most but painted most, person ever. Yeah, but some people say like, who is, who is that? that? Wow. Right. Yeah. I have experienced something similar to that when I was a, a manager at a pizza place many decades ago. Yeah. And I had a gold crucifix that my mother had bought me. Yeah. And this one girl who was a, a delivery driver, yeah. you know, and I thought, wow, this girl's, you know, good looking. I thought, yeah. man, she's got it going on. I bet her yeah. tips are really good, you know. Yeah. And one day she looked at me and says, oh, I like your cross. And she actually grabbed it and she goes, it's even got that guy in the middle. Oh and right gosh. then I was yeah. like, I could right. see right through her. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's not, it's a shell. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. the man, oh, my gosh, you know, you mean Lord and Savior? Is, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That, how do you not know? Yeah, how do you not know? Even if you don't believe, you know that's Jesus on the cross. I mean, that's just, right. it's obvious because there's, there's enough symbols 
that you've been, ex- although, although we're losing that, you know, slowly over time, the culture is very hostile, right, to, uh, to religious expression. And so churches are closing. That's the enemy. It's the enemy. It's the enemy. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah, um, that I saw this before I came in today. Ten Commandments would be required in public schools under a bill passed by Texas Senate. I hope that goes that through. That is the best news I've heard all month. I hope that goes through. You know, and I think when I had time to uh, go down that rabbit hole, you know, why are people so far, you know, like people that yeah. don't know the Blessed Mother or who that right. man in the middle of a cross is? Yeah. Well, when they took the Bibles out of the schools back in the 60s, right. now we are, I don't know how many generations removed that if the parents don't take their kids to school, well, the schools don't have the Bible, the schools don't have the Ten Commandments. They think the Ten Commandments are a Charlton Heston movie. They really do not know. Right. It's a huge void that where catechism yeah. should be able to, you know, the harvest. Look at the harvest out there, ready to go. Right. And I mean, and there was, you know, there was a time uh, you could pray uh, publicly. The teacher could lead you in public school in prayer. But, I mean, now, I mean, now you're gone if you even attempt that, right? I mean, so. Silenced. Uh, silenced. Uh, canceled, Ex- you know, all that good stuff. Exactly. It, it, that, and then that's the other thing. That's like when the moment of silence came in now now that's okay right moment but i mean it really doesn't mean a lot to anybody well, if, I mean, if their heart's if, open if their to heart's god, open to god maybe, they'll maybe, hear maybe, them. maybe right. so you know but they just they just watered it down so much all right so you uh went through your college years you weren't going to church so what happened that all of a sudden you springboarded Okay, yeah. Well, again, uh, conversion is a lifelong process, and I'm, I'm not finished with it. I need to keep growing in my faith. But basically, it started when I was in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I, had a, uh, I, I had a little um, wholesale book business that was just running right out of my apartment. I, wasn't, I was not practicing my faith. And then the um, local church in my neighborhood, St. Agnes uh, Church in a neighborhood called Frogtown, okay, so I thought, well, I'm going to go and uh, make an appointment with the priest, the pastor, and um, uh, tell him that I want to join the parish. And in the process, show him my catalog to see if he's interested in the books because they had a school, right? See if there's interest. So my – so my um, – it was, it was totally – it was totally not true. See, I, ulterior I, motive. Exactly, exactly. So I, I just, I was just in there to sell books, and just to get my foot in the door, I'm saying, "Hey, I want to join the parish." So, anyway, so I walked up to the um, the rectory and I rang the doorbell, and there is a little sign by the doorbell that says, "Say three Hail Marys and wait." for someone to come and open the door, right? I love it. Trying to teach you to be patient, okay? So I, I looked at that and I said, well, um, I'm going to try I'm gonna try the Hail Mary. I'm going to try this. I know that I can do this. So, so I tried to say the Hail Mary. I was, you know, I was going through it in my mind, okay? And I, I wasn't through with it and I was kind of struggling with it. And then the door opened and the Monsignor Schuler was there. And then he brought me in, and you know, I explained that I want to join the parish. I live in the neighborhood, right? And and um, and then I showed him my catalog of books, right, and everything. And so, and so he signed me up. And I remember when I left the rectory, 
um, that when I initially tried to say that Hail Mary, I kind of felt a presence, uh, someone kind of encouraging me to continue, right? So that kind of, that kind of uh, had an impression on me. And then so, and, and so it, it got kind of like um, locked into my head, and I would think about it, you know, occasionally, the Hail Mary, and, and, and well, maybe I should go to Mass again. Maybe, you know, maybe I am missing something, okay? So it was eating away at me. It's not that I was encouraging it, but she was, she was, she was encouraging me. So, so um, I decided to go to Mass, all right? And, um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And it, and it felt like it was feeling like a hole in my heart, right? Because I, I, I had no idea, I had no idea what I was missing. And then, so then I went to confession, like for the first time, I don't know, 15 years, okay? And so just slowly it brought me back in. And then, but I was kind of lukewarm. I'd go to Mass on Sunday if it was convenient, right? I was kind of lukewarm. But then when I started praying the rosary, I thought I'd try this rosary. It's like, what's, what's the big deal, right? I see little old ladies praying it. They seem to like it. I don't know if it's for me. And so I tried it. And once I started praying it, I was hooked. And then it was almost like once, once I got to praying the rosary every day, it's like I wanted to be more faithful to the church. I, I wanted to be a faithful Catholic. And so then I bought a catechism of the Catholic Church. It was like one little thing after another. I mean, not, nothing big, uh, you know, stupendous, something big, but something little. It kept eating away at me, and then I just gradually kept getting fed, right? And out of my curiosity, um, I started to embrace my faith and learn it. So I, I catechized myself, but it was the Blessed Mother, the Blessed Mother who initiated it. So, um, you know, uh, my work, uh, my books, you know, I, I dedicate everything to her, to the Mother of God. So it was a slow process. Yeah. And once you have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and you start sensing this overall peace of uh, joy and that, that peace that goes beyond understanding. And I, that, I think that's what starts pulling people in. You it, know, it's like, it is. It is because, you know, um, you know, like St. Augustine says, your heart is restless until I rest in you, mm -hmm. right? And um, it felt like the more I practiced my faith, the more I was at peace. And, I, you know, I felt it. And, and you're right. You just feel a joy that the world can't give. It's, and and no matter what's going on around you, it's like suddenly you have your anchor back, you have your foundation back, and and nothing can take that away from you, unless you choose to give it up. But at this point, now that I know what it is, who he is, I'm not turning back. Yes, he has a plan for you, and then you, like I said, as we're trying to get into how you got into with the job that you're in now. Right. So what what baby steps happened? Well, um, so this was, I was in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. And so I um, started looking at jobs where I could work for the Archdiocese. So, so that's how it all started. Um, I was working um, in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. And then I left and started working for the Diocese of Spokane, had a wonderful opportunity there. And then um, my mom was older, 
uh, and uh, she really wanted me to come home. All of her kids were in Missouri. And so I started looking for a job in Missouri with the church, some, something with the church. So um, the missionaries, the Holy Family, uh, through CatholicJobs.com, they were um, looking for an advancement director. And so I applied to that. You're listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the realm of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Matt Logman in studio today with Maurice Prater, who is the Advancement Director for the Missionaries of the Holy Family, as we're discussing his route, his journey into this. So you applied. Yes. And they looked at you and thought, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, ahead. well, what I, well, see, yeah, they actually, actually, that is kind of the way it is, because so I was living in Spokane, mm-hmm. and I applied for this position uh, in St. Louis, right? And I heard nothing back from them, uh, and, I, and I actually myself forgot about them. I, I did. I, they fell off my radar. I was looking at other things, and all of a sudden I got a call out of the blue, like um, a month and a half, two months later, and it kind of it kind of stunned me. And I and I said like, well, uh, okay, now who are you? Because I, I okay. And how did you get my name? And how did yeah? And how did you get my name? And then so, so then then um, they said, oh, you sent a resume, and we want to uh, have a, you know, we want to have a phone interview, and and then if and if that goes well, we'll have a Skype interview, and if that goes well, we'll bring you in. So anyway, long long story short, here is um, they put me on the back burner because they're like, you know, St. Louis is a big market. Why do we have to hire and bring somebody in all the way from Spokane, right? We, we have we have we have a lot of potential here in St. Louis. Let's just hire locally, which makes sense. So that's what they did. They 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 put me to the side, and they actually hired somebody for the job. And at the last minute, he decided not to take it. He and his wife decided to um, take a, a Chick Fil A franchise, go a different route. Right. So so all of a sudden they were down to ground zero. All right. After they've been doing this for two months, and then Father Phil Sosa who. Uh, still is the provincial superior of the order. He told John O'Shaughnessy, who at that time was heading up the project, uh, the financial director, he said, you know what, just call that guy in Spokane. It can't hurt. Just give him a call. And that's how it happened. I So I am proud to say I am the last choice <laughs> for the missionaries, the Holy Family, to be advancement director. And I've been here 12 years now. Excellent. Right? That's the way it meant. That was It was meant to be. Yes, it was. So the title, Advancement Director, what does that actually do? Well, uh, the Missionaries of the Holy Family, that's a religious order of priests and brothers, and they take a vow of poverty. And so I'm involved in fundraising uh, for the Missionaries of the Holy Family. And on top of that, I do their communications. Uh, I'm responsible for their website, for their magazines, um, I work with, we bring over priests from our international provinces. Uh, right now here in St. Louis, we have two from Madagascar. So I work with Greensfelder Law Firm in immigration and do and jumping through all the hoops and getting these guys over here. And so that, in, in a nutshell, is kind of what I do is the, uh, the fundraising, the communication, and working with getting the international priests in and settled here in St. Louis. Sure. If they take a vow of poverty, yeah. they don't yeah. have a parish. There's no envelopes coming in to support their yeah. building because they don't have a building. So where do these uh, gentlemen priests live at? Okay, well, um, our provincial office is in the rectory of St. Wenceslaus Church in St. Louis because 
the missionaries of the Holy Family have been taking care of that parish for the archdiocese since 1960. So our provincial office is on the second floor, and so it's a big rectory, and so they live uh, in the rectory, in the bedrooms there, in the rectory, and then during the day they go to the International Institute to learn their English. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then once their English is um, uh, good, uh, they can start um, – you know, uh, practicing the mass uh, on their own, you know, in public. They, they can celebrate now, um, you know, on the weekend. And then what we do is when the, um, Father Phil thinks the English is good, we usually send them to Texas because most of the parishes we take care of are in Texas. And then when they get to Texas, they have to learn Spanish, right? So, like, they already know French, right, because— Madagascar at one time was a French colony, so they know Malagasy, they know French, they know some Latin, right? They get here, they learn English, we send them to Texas, they learn Spanish. I mean, you got to admire them. They're truly missionaries. Excuse-moi, <laughs> s'il vous plaît. Yeah, they'll be uh, multilingual as well. Yes, yes. So you say taking care of parishes. What, what does that entail? Well, that, that means being the pastor of the parish, right? So what, whatever a diocesan uh, pastor would do, a missionary of the Holy Family who, on behalf of the diocese, whatever it may be here in, in Missouri or Texas, um, does everything that the uh, diocesan pastor is expected to do. And we do that on behalf of the archdiocese. They, they invite us um, to um, take care of the parish, and we do. So I'm curious, why do they go to Texas? Because they got to learn another language right away. Right. Well, because um, in Missouri right now, this time, we only have we only take care of one parish, and that is St. Wenceslaus for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And um, in in uh, Texas, we have five parishes and uh, three missions. So um, we are just more established in Texas Mm -hmm. uh, with, and uh, that's in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and the Diocese of Brownsville. We have a parish right uh, close to the border of Mexico, right? And that's a different world. And so our priests down there, see, I don't know if you heard of Colonias, Colonias, those are kind of like the Spanish slums, okay, right? So these people come over, they're very poor, and and they settle in these like like these unofficial little villages, right? They don't have running water, you know, they don't have uh, heat or any kind of uh, air conditioning. And so our priests uh, go to the colonias and try to give these people the sacraments. I mean, if they're Catholic, they need the sacraments, right? right? So it's a, it's a really different world down there near the border. So they're sort of like Mother Teresa in what they're doing, taking care of the poor. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, 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 and historically, the missionary holy family go to places that um, the diocese is having trouble filling, okay? Uh, like uh, places that are poor or not really appealing, right? And so typically these are the places where the missionaries, Holy Family, go because we're willing to go there. We're willing to go and work with the poor. That's a beautiful thing to do. Whatsoever you do unto the least of my brothers. Right, right. That's what you do unto me. That sounds awesome. Uh, So when you say the parishes and then you said missions— the missions are okay. Well, what I mean by missions, those are um, small um, churches that are part of the parish, 
but they're they're not they're they may not be uh, uh, geographically close. So, but there's enough people in the area where you need to have a chapel so you can celebrate mass for the people locally. But those missions are associated with a parish. So that, that's it's in a building, though. Yeah, right? it is. It is in a building. It's a chapel. You know, it's it's um, you know, but it's small. It's small, right? But there's people in the area who. You know, uh, a lot of people don't have transportation, so they can't uh, get to the main church. So you go to them. And especially in the colonias uh, where they don't have a transportation, you go and you administer the sacraments to them. So about the other parts of your job, you, you talk about the magazines and the mailings and stuff like that. Right. So that pretty much is all involved in bringing monetary into the so that you can support these missions and the priest. Right, correct. Now, also is through our website. There's a wealth of family life resources on our website. Now, the other thing is through our website, we take mass requests. And we also take requests for Gregorian masses. You know, the uh, 30, um, 30 days in a row, a mass celebrated for a soul in purgatory, started by uh, Pope St. Gregory the Great back in the 6th century. It was, we're faithful to that. So so people, a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, parishes are closing, right, all over the place, and uh, people want masses celebrated, and uh, they want Gregorian masses, right? Gregorian masses, I don't know, after Vatican II kind of fell away, but they're, they're coming back in, in popularity. So, so we encourage people to send us their mass requests, and then we send them on to our mother house in Rome, and then our Father General, the superior, Father Augustinus Pernama from Indonesia, who is now the uh, Father General, then he will get those masses distributed to missionary priests all over the world. So it's international, it sounds like. It's totally international, I mean, yes. I, I can't pronounce that guy's name already <laughs> yeah. again. Wow, th- there must be all kinds of great stories that I'm interested to hear, you know, that has come out, you know, the fruits of what you're doing and the yeah. missionaries. I mean, right. It, it kind of goes back in my mind when you're talking about these slum areas. I think of Juan Diego. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, and yeah. when you talk about all the Spanish people, and it seems like, yeah, the majority of them are still Catholic because it was such a, an amazing event and presence. I mean, yes. I just, it, that's one of my bucket list items still is to make it down there so that I can see the actual tunic. Oh, absolutely, yes. You know, Me too. Me I, too. I have not been there. I've been to Fatima now. Oh, right. that's great. I, I haven't I been there either. I got to lecture at Mass when I was at Fatima. Oh, nice. Awesome stuff. All right. We're talking to Maurice Prater. He is the Advancement Director of the Missionaries of the Holy Family. My name is Matt Logman, and we are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, reminding you that... The Catholic Woman of the Year could come from your parish. That's right. The Catholic Woman of the Year lives out her faith by sharing her time and talents for for the good of others. The award dinner will take place September 24th, and it is at the Hilton in Frontenac. Bishop Rivetuso will prevent the award. Make sure you get your nomination in. 
Hi, this is Matt Logaman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word, Pack means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. We are back from the Rome of the West. Matt Logman in studio today with Maurice Prater, who is the Advancement Director for the Missionaries of the Holy Family. Well, folks, as you always know, you can get a free copy of this program if you'd like to share it with somebody or listen to it again for yourself. Call after the program at 636-447-6000. All you need to do is pay for the postage. And we'll also throw in this neat little Holy Family Prayer pamphlet that Maurice's organization does. And it has it in English and in Spanish. So what is the Holy Family Prayer? I mean, obviously it's written down right. here in front of me, though, but how did you come up with that? Okay, well, the Holy Family Prayer was written a long time ago uh, by the missionaries of the Holy Family. And, uh, and, and as you said, it's, it's in English and Spanish, and we put it on a, on a, on a nice card stock, and it's, it's totally free. We print these in bulk. We give them to whoever, whoever wants them, as many as you want. And, uh, but the prayer, we feel it's important because the um, holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph is the standard of holiness for every family. That's the charism of the missionaries of the holy family. So in this holy family prayer, we invoke um, Jesus, uh, uh, Mary, and Joseph in this prayer to help us as a family um, model our lives after them. I am taking this one. Okay, you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> you said you were sending more in. You know, I, I feel compelled to read this. It's not that long. It's short. The Holy Family Prayer. Jesus, Son of God and Son of Mary, bless our family. Graciously inspire in us the unity, peace, and mutual love that you found in your own family in the little town of Nazareth. Mary, mother of Jesus and our mother. Nourish our family with your faith and your love. 
Keep us close to your Son, Jesus, in all our sorrows and joys. Joseph, foster father to Jesus, guardian and spouse of Mary, keep our family safe from harm. Help us in all times of discouragement or anxiety. Holy family of Nazareth, make our family one with you. Help us to be instruments of peace. Grant that love strengthened by grace may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. May we always have God at the center of our hearts and homes until we are all one family. Happy and at peace in our true home with you. Amen. Amen. Father, son, so, I got to bless myself after that. Yes. That's a beautiful... It, you know when it says, and, and our mother... Yes. We, my wife and I, have met the sisters of the home of the mother. Okay. And, you know, they have like seven brothers and seven priests, and they're also, you know, across. They had Sister Claire Crockett. Okay. Who Rome has recently opened up the process for sainthood. Okay, okay. And Sister Claire died in 2016. Oh, my. Okay, recent. Yeah, it was during the earthquake in Ecuador, her and six little girls. Okay. And she was very inspirational to not only my son, but many seminarians. The YouTube video is called All or Nothing. Okay. And she was very popular, very famous. You know, she was going to be an actress, all the stuff. and, And all of a sudden, God says, nope. Yes, beautiful. And she heard him, and she was a nun. She goes, well, I was going to be famous. I guess I'll have to be a famous nun. Yeah, so absolutely. I encourage everyone to look up Sister Clara Crockett, and you'll be amazed what, I mean, she's still, what she's still doing even after her death. Yes. There was a hallway named after her at Kenrick Lennon Seminary. Oh, here there is. North. I did not know that. Oh, the okay. seminarians love her. Yeah, so um, yeah, they got this, and what else do you guys put out? Okay, well, we also have... <clears throat> excuse me, um, excuse my allergies. Um, we also have a, what, it's called a messenger magazine. And it's, it's something also that's totally free. Um, and it comes out twice a year, and it's basically full of family life type of articles, family life articles. And so those we, we give away. So uh, whoever wants them, whatever quantity, you know, they just contact us, and you know we'll send you the uh, we'll send you the magazine as well as the prayer card if you want them. Is there a website that you want to share? Yes. Now um, it's easy to find us. Now, if you would if you would type in on your internet uh, missionaries of the Holy Family, you'll find us. We'll pop up. But the technical um, uh, web address is msf. So that's Mary Samuel Francis, MSF hyphen America dot org, O-R-G, MSF hyphen America dot org. So you'll find our website and there's a way to contact us through the website and just put in your request. Yeah, like if people want to volunteer or anything like that? Oh, well, yeah, if they they wanted to, yes. Uh, Whatever they have on their heart. See, the other thing, too, is we take prayer requests. On the website, if you... um, just want to submit a prayer request. Whatever's on your heart, we take those. And also, with your permission, um, we uh, post those on our website, too, because some people want to see the prayer requests of others so they can pray for them. So if you want others to pray for you, uh, feel free to do that. Just submit a prayer. And um, 
and indicate uh, that you want it want it posted, and then within 72 hours, it takes a little time. Uh, we have to go through them. Uh, we'll get them posted. Or if you just want to keep it private, that's fine. Then the the priest will just pray over them privately. Whatever you want. So, how many states here in America are you guys present? Okay. Well, right now we're only in uh, two states. We uh, well, we have a retired priest in North Carolina, but he's he's not really uh, in active ministry. He's quite elderly. Um, but uh, Missouri and uh, Texas, Texas is the um, where we have most of our parishes. That's why they have to learn Spanish. That's right, right. Well, you know the thing is, um, at St. Wenceslaus, uh, we uh, Father Phil Sosa um, started a Spanish mass at twelve noon. Okay, now it's our largest mass, and it's growing. So that is a huge part of our family now is the uh, the Hispanic families, and and right next to us is Saint Francis Cabrini Academy, which is very multicultural with a lot. They represent, I think, it's um, children from twelve different countries that go to that school. So it's very, so when you go in there, you feel the Excuse me. You feel the universal church. So uh, back to what I was talking about, the sisters of the home of the mother. Oh, yeah. When, when uh, we um, – you not YouTube, but like uh, we Skype with them. You know, we okay. do, do a live uh, talks with them. On Sundays, uh, they do the family rosary. Oh, and nice. there's about 20 families, you know, and you see all the little boxes on right. the, on your TV, and uh, different decades are assigned to people like that. Yeah. But the toughest part for me was when when we do the Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us sinners. Now, and, and you know that yeah. just like I, I I mess up, you know. Yes. And I'm ahead. I'm like, you know, so I get used to it now. But when you go back and forth, you know, but I think it's beautiful. It is, it is beautiful because, see, I mean, actually— She the, is our mother. She is our mother, and actually the Catholic faith is, is really all about family. So, like, Jesus is our Savior. He's also our brother. Mary is our mother. Joseph is our foster father, and God in heaven is our father. It's a family, and it's all about family. I mean, in the Catholic faith, that's what it's all about. And, like, in the, in the um, Holy Family Prayer— you know, we want to dedicate a part of that to uh, St. Joseph because there is a hole, a hole in the church when it comes to male spirituality. And uh, men uh, need to be um, Christ to their families. They need to be the spiritual leaders in their families. And so we in strongly encourage men to be active in their faith in the domestic church at home and bring your family to Mass. Brothers, you hear that out there? Now, it's not to say that a good woman, a holy spiritual woman who's actually leading the family, you know, that's a good thing, because she's doing that because her job is to get herself and her husband and family to heaven. Absolutely. So eventually, I think the husbands will, you know, rise to the top and and start. Correct. The more they understand that, but you're absolutely right, that uh, husband's job is to get his wife and his kids to heaven. Everything else is secondary. And, and then, and then uh, the mother, too, can look at it the same way. My job is to get my husband and my children, my grandchildren, right, to have it, you know, as many people as we can because, you know, it is all about family. And when we speak about family, we shouldn't forget the souls in purgatory. That's very important to us. The souls in purgatory, they're members of our family, and they should never be forgotten. And unfortunately, uh, in our culture, um, 
we forget them. We, like, automatically think everyone goes to heaven, and we know that's not true. And so we're always encouraged to pray for our loved ones, um, our family members, our friends, um, forever, as long as you're still able to, because you don't know. And and God will use those prayers to bring home everyone that needs to come home. In the liturgy of the Eucharist in Mass, and when the priest says, you know, and we remember our brothers and sisters, yeah. and they pause. Yes. You know, I, I wonder if people use that. I mean, because I, I go through a litany. Sometimes right. they don't pause long enough. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They don't pause long enough because, right. you know, the older I get, the more people I know on the other side, right? right you know what I'm right. saying? And so, but yeah, but I mean, I, uh, I know what you mean, but uh, you can always... Uh, uh, on your own, make that a habit. Uh, and like the missionaries, the Holy Family, like before their meal, um, uh, of course, they have, they they pray. You know, you should say grace before your meal. I mean, uh, the the priests of the Holy Family try to live like the Holy Family, you know, uh, as, as much as possible, right? I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's a men's religious order, right? But, but like when you eat with them, um, you say grace with them before the meal. And you say grace with them after the meal. And after the meal, there's always a prayer for the souls in purgatory because they are the most neglected. They, I mean, there's so many uh, neglected, forgotten, forsaken souls in purgatory. And it's our job. That's our job to get them, get them out of there. I had never heard the prayer after a meal until my son said it. You know, okay. he, like I told you earlier, he's sixth year seminarian at Kenrick Glennon. You know, but yeah, we don't do the third one, which you talked about, which was praying for the souls in right. purgatory. I'll, I'll bring that up to yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, it can be very simple. Like, may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. It can be that simple. Amen. Yeah. You know, I have to go through all my aunts and uncles. Of course, my parents are first if there's not <laughs> yeah, enough time. Right. You know, and then I have uh, a couple of cousins who passed, you know, and I always, you know, name them as well. Right, and right. I got a couple of close friends that also passed and, you know, hey, bring them up too. Right, right. And it's um, it's important not to forget. Yeah. And I do have a list. I do have a list too that I keep, you know, and the list is growing. And, I, and that doesn't depress me really because... Um, they're on they're on their journey home. Whether they're in heaven, they're on their way, and um, they're depending on me to help them get there. If they're in purgatory, so we keep praying constantly for them, early and often, always <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> That's right. Pray unceasingly. Isn't that St. Right. Paul? Pray unceasingly. So. Well, the uh, always and everywhere is one of the things they say in the liturgy oh, as well. Yes, yes, yes. To give him thanks, which right. is great. You know that's. Right. I can't tell people enough that you need to say thanks and you need to ask. Yes. <laughs> you know, because yeah. if you don't ask, he's not going to invade your life. That's, you know. Right. You know, that that's correct. It's like like when I started praying the rosary, I was basically asking God, you know, to come into my life, and my heart, my soul, and stay there. I, I couldn't at that time verbal, verbalize it. But now I know. I mean, when I'm praying the rosary, I'm begging. I'm begging for mercy. Um, you know, to be a better person. And um, and in the process, um, as I gain my courage, right, as a Catholic to help others. So you, as I talked about earlier, there's got to be some great stories that, that I'd love to hear you share, but what's come out, some of the fruits of the missionaries of the Holy Families. Well, like, for instance, okay, um, 
like we offer the um, uh, the Gregorian masses uh, through our website, and there's not a lot of places that do right because there's so few priests, right? Because this is this is a priest that you're basically tying up for 30 days to say that mass each day for one soul in purgatory, a loved one. So, um, is it chanted? And no, you know what these are. Well, it could be. It depends on the priest. Right. The, these these could be celebrated in, you know, in Madagascar, in India. You know, so it's, you know, um, it's it's usually in the the native language or wherever they're serving, and um, so. Uh, but but when people, a lot of people have become familiar familiar to us through searching for Gregorian masses, and because of that, we've met some people who are interested in our ministry. So when you mention a story, there is a beautiful woman um, who was interested in Gregorian Masses for her family and then found out that we have a booming uh, province in Madagascar. And she wanted to know, how can I help? How can I help? And so we decided that uh, how about um, helping us find clean water? Clean water for the people. I mean, we take clean water for granted, right? They go to a river or a reservoir or something and take out the water, and it's dirty, right? And they boil it before they can use it, right? You know, they don't have clean. And the, um, Madagascar is very primitive, right? So uh, in the villages, you know, they don't have this. And so it is such a blessing when they can actually have a well where they can go and get clean water. We take it for granted, Right. So, so that's wonderful that um, she's helping us do that, and because you know it's not just it's not just the spiritual needs of the people, you know it's their their physical oh, needs sure. too, right? You know, uh, the, um, our priests down there, you know, like uh, one of our uh, priests that uh, is here from Madagascar was telling us uh, the, the difference between um, uh, parishes here and and the parishes there in Madagascar. They're kind of surprised. It's like, like at, at mass here, right? So people give give money. They they take up a collection, and that helps that helps support um, the priests. Well, in Madagascar, people are very poor. So instead of the people helping them, they're helping the people. Like sometimes, like your whole day is helping them find food. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the they're it's it's a it's a different life. But you take care of them. You know whatever they need. It's like when. Uh, you know, Jesus um, raised up the little girl, right, uh, who died. I think it was the, the, uh, the centurion's daughter. I think the first thing he said is, okay, give her something to eat, <laughs> right? You- this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. And we have Maurice Prater, who is the Advancement Director for the Missionaries of the Holy Family in studio today. My name is Matt Logman, and we are talking about some of the fruits that come out of this. So they're finding fresh water. Now, uh, pardon my ignorance, though, but if you get a bucket and pull water out of a well, is this safe to drink right away, or does it have to be boiled as well? Oh, the clean water. No, that should be safe. That should be safe. The clean water well. Yeah, that should be safe. They should be able to use it immediately, right? Now, if if for some reason they let it sit for a long time, which I don't imagine they do, you should boil it, right? But no, the clean water should be uh, uh, clean to the point where you can take it out and drink it. Hmm. Yes. And so when they do that, you know, people get so excited there and um, they they have only certain hours 
right? They keep it locked, basically. So there's certain hours during the day where you can come, and they kind of um, watch that. So, you know, people, uh, you know, don't take too much at one time, right? You still have to kind of uh, uh, ration it, you know, uh, 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 to a point, but at least they're getting clean water. So the water just replenishes itself? As yeah, it's, it's okay, why they, they drill down far enough to tap into the table. Uh, the, the, the table. Exactly, exactly. I used to work in wastewater, so oh, I, okay. I know so about you the table. That. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's it's curious though because there are around uh, when you're in a cultural area as we are, you know. I mean, yeah. there's runoff, and that runoff yeah. can ruin the table. Oh yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, right. That's yeah, why yeah. I asked that, and plus, but, I've had a bad experience with drinking water from a well. Oh, okay. Well, and the thing is too, and I was asking them about that. Is they their food is more natural than it is here? They don't use pesticides. I mean, first of all, they, they or herbicides probably. I mean, they they couldn't afford it anyways, right? So everything, I mean, I mean, everybody in the village has their own garden, has, grows their own food, and it's it's natural. They're not putting they're not putting preservatives on it, right? So so it's it it's healthier, and like so so like when they come here and like you know, we're opening up up a can. And the food's been in a long time. It's got a lot of salt in it, right? I love and preservatives. You know, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, they they are grateful, but they but it is different for them, right? Because they're not eating fresh, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much talk about what's in our stuff, and exactly, exactly. And who knows what's in it, right? So. Um, <laughs> That's probably why I'm taking 15 prescriptions. I don't know. <laughs> Either that or it was a terrible life that I led. So what is next for the advancement? I mean, you're looking for other states. You're looking to yeah. recruit. Well, the thing is, um, like I said, we have two uh, new priests in now from Madagascar, and they're learning English. And uh, when they get up and running, they'll, they'll end up in Texas. Well, and so we— um, we need to keep that uh, pipeline going, so we're always looking to bring in more, uh, more international priests. And um, the, uh, but that's you know, always an agreement. Uh, we have 22 provinces, so that's an agreement between the uh, provincial of every province on how that works out. But, but that, but that's what we're looking to do, and to just keep, basically, to keep doing what we're doing, and. Um, we basically uh, want to reach more people, um, and like I said, we, we can do that through through the website. But um, however, we can help people with their family life, and uh, like I said, there's a lot of resources. It's all free on the website to um, learn about the family. We have a messenger magazine uh, that's published uh, twice a year. Uh, you can request that; it's free and. Uh, just learn more about family life and um, and why it's important to have Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as your model in today's world. They did that for a reason. God knows what he was doing. Exactly. And that's why it's, they call it the Holy Family. Eh? I mean, like, if you think about it, like, like um, you know, Jesus is totally self-sufficient, right? Why does he need a mother? Why does he need a father? Well— Maybe God, Jesus is God. Maybe God needed a father. Maybe God needed a mother, right? And, 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 that, and that family is modeling for us what we should be doing. And why did he wash the apostles' feet? Right. You don't understand this now, but you will later on. I mean, yeah. he set the perfect example that he came to serve, not to be served. Right. 
I could talk about God all day long. I think that's why I do this. I think so. You do it well. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) You're too kind. So what about, I mean, obviously you're helping them get the basics, you know, because I think the Bible says, you know, what good is it if you tell somebody to, well, you have a good night, you know, but you don't give them food or clothing to do so. Correct, correct. And that's what we all need to be doing, and that's what, I guess, the missionaries do. Sure. Are there any sisters, any religious sisters involved? Well, you know, uh, we have religious sisters in Madagascar, uh, none here uh, in uh, the North American province, and none in uh, Europe, but we do, and they're growing in Madagascar. And so maybe someday, maybe someday they, we will have uh, sisters here, but we, we just don't have them yet. Yes, and so and then that would be nice. And over there in Madagascar, they're basically educators. They sure, teach, sure. right? Something like the, um, the um, Nashville Dominicans or the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're educators, and it's, it's so wonderful to have uh, sisters back in the school. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the Home of the Mother Sisters, They exactly what they do. Okay. They have, they asked me to do this pamphlet on, uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now, one of the saints. So I'm putting this in digital format So because okay. they only have it in Spanish. You know, because oh, okay. they serve a large Hispanic community, right, right, you know, but right. they also had they needed it for English as well, and right. so yeah, the sisters were amazing. Yes, know, my wife when she first met, she goes, "They're going to change the world." Yes, that's and what she, it's all she's about. Right. Oh, you right. got that right. You know, to bring God to everyone, you know, and they're right. so devout, and it's just like it's contagious. It it is contagious. The enthusiasm, right? You know, you know, like. Um, speaking of dedication, okay, so um, we got about sixty seconds here. We got to wrap things up. Go ahead. Okay, so there's a there's a story. Uh, uh, one of our priests there in, in Madagascar to get to his mission church, he had to swim across a river with crocodiles in it, but he did it because he wanted to serve the people. Wow, crocodiles! You hear that? I always tell my wife I'd crawl across broken glass and charcoal to get that glass of water for her. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Maurice, I appreciate your time. Advancement Director of the Missionaries of the Holy Family. It's Maurice Prater. My name is Matt Logman. And I thank you all for tuning in today. And until next week, I hope the Holy Spirit grants you what you need to be found living the Father's will, whatever that might be. In his holy name we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless you. God bless your family. listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N josephradio.net or call us 636-447-6000 It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time Thank you for your prayers and support Until next time, may God bless you and your family This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents